Good morning, ladies and gents. It is uh, Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This is Blues Views with some internet comments. Uh, it's CPI day once again. Uh, obviously, uh, today the number came in a bit below expectations. It was kind of the mirror image of last month. Uh, last month, uh, people were, I think the market was looking for 8.9% year over year inflation, came in at 9.1%. Today, uh, market was looking for 87 and we got 85 So, you know, but now like, let's look at what's happened in the interim, right? We had this horrific number last month and the market, you know, was really on the back foot. It, it really had started to feel like we might plunge into waterfall type price action. And then all of a sudden the number came out, the initial reaction was down and the market decided, you know what, that's it. That's the worst. Uh, everything's going to get better from here. And we've been rallying ever since. Um, we have had a classic vicious bear market rally uh, that's been assisted by, uh, you know, light volume, light positioning. I think a lot of institutional players have been forced to chase here. There have been rumors uh, that some hedge funds were liquidated over the last couple of weeks. So basically their, their short positions, I think primarily in tech, were liquidated, uh, which is another thing that probably pushed the market higher. So there's been a lot of funky things going on. But the fact of the matter remains is that the S&P has come all the way from 3650 now to trading over 4200. Um, now, let's take a big step back here and look at where we are, right? Um, <clears throat> last month we had 9.1% inflation, this month we have 8.5% inflation. The market probably is right that last month was the worst. Last month was the peak and now things are going to decelerate. We've argued all year and continue to argue that it's, you know, we all knew the inflation was going to peak at some point in the spring or summer. What's much more important rather than whether or not we've peaked <laughs> is how quickly we now fall back toward the Fed's 2% target. And I know that it's almost hard not to chuckle when you bring up the Fed's 2% inflation target. It might be a very long time before we see 2% inflation again. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a topic for another day. Fact of the matter remains is that second derivative in our view really doesn't matter very much. The comps were getting tougher and tougher. We knew inflation was going to decelerate in the second half of the year. That is happening now. But we would argue that the, what people should really be focused on now is the third derivative. How quickly does inflation decelerate? The rate of change or the rate of change? You know, can we get to four and a half or five percent year over year inflation by the end of the year? Or are we still going to be looking at six, seven percent? These are the questions that investors should be asking themselves. It's very, very easy to get wrapped up in a bear market rally like we've had, where, you know, the financial media has been fawning all over this rally, tripping all over itself to declare that the bottom is in. We've had some very smart bulls out there that have declared that the bottom is in. The bottom may very well be in. But remember, the bottom is, you know, 550 to 600 points. <laughs> Actually, yeah, 600 points basically lower than where we are right now. So that's a long way to go. Um, We've come a long way. We have priced in a lot of potentiality for the Fed to ease off the brakes, potentially even begin cutting next year. Uh, you know, going into the print today, uh, the Fed funds futures were pricing in a 70% chance of a 75 basis point hike in September. We're now looking at a 30% chance of that 75 basis point hike. It's looking now like 50 basis points is more likely. 50 basis points was what we kind of were looking for all along. We did not expect a third straight 75 basis point hike. You know, how much good news or potential good news have we priced in at this point? This is always the trick, right? And, and you know, obviously, 
people that have been bearish and stayed bearish throughout this entire bear market rally are tearing their hair out. And we're probably arguing 300 points lower that all the good news is priced in. That's, but that's not really how this works, right? You got to use a combination of, you know, what is known, uh, you know, what do the technicals look like? Um, you know, what's going on with um, consensus estimate revisions for corporate profits next year? That's something that we've also pointed out um, pretty much on every podcast that we've done over the last three months. Uh, corporate estimates, uh, corporate profit estimates are still too high for 2023 and 2024. They're still too high for 2022, in my opinion. Um, the street is notorious for dragging its feet and taking a long time to lower its estimates. They're always afraid that they're going to tick off the long-only funds that are their clients. Um, there, there are, like, we have made progress, and the, enough progress in terms of inflation probably has peaked. That's a definite positive, despite the fact that it peaked much, much higher than anyone thought it could coming into this year. Um, but now we're looking forward, okay, like the inflation rate shock is over. It's old news. And now we're looking at what, what is the impact of these rate hikes and of this high inflation on growth? And not just for the next quarter, but for the next several quarters. How quickly can inflation decelerate from here? Will we see a scenario like we got in the 1970s, like where we had decelerations in inflation only to see reignition in that inflation and another, and another phase of acceleration? So the Fed continues, in my view, to try to thread the needle as best they can. I don't think Jay Powell, I don't think anyone thinks Jay Powell is a Paul Volcker. Um, he may talk tough about inflation and say that it's his primary focus. I don't think that that is, it, it might be by a hair, but I think he is desperately trying to go to hike as little as possible to defeat inflation. And I'm worried at this point that this Fed uh, you know, after hiking, say, 50 basis points next month is going to start to take its foot off the brake and we're going to see inflation reignite. That's one of the worst case scenarios I think we, we can face. Bottom line is, let's just say for the sake of argument that inflation does gradually continue to decelerate between now and the end of the year. We still don't know what the impact of, you know, five to seven percent inflation and, and much higher interest rates are on the real economy. And one thing that I was talking today in the, in the Twitter feed is, you know, corporate profit margins benefited enormously from really a, a perfect storm over the last 15 years, uh, a, kind of a Goldilocks perfect storm, if you will. I don't think corporate profit margins, I mean, not only do I not think that they can be maintained where they were heading into this year, I think they're probably going to fall considerably in the next couple of years and stay down there when all is said and done. Uh, they're just unsustainably high. And whether it's increasing, you know, labor costs, uh, inflation in general, uh, slower growth, whatever it might be, I think, I think people are in for a, a bit of a rude awakening here when it comes to what S&P 500 companies can really earn in 2023 and 2024. So just kind of looking at where we are uh, with the market right now, uh, the S&P futures did break above 4,200. They're trading at 4,205 right now. NASDAQ futures trading at 13,360. Um, they, they failed to break the highs that they set two sessions ago, but they're right below that. So the market seems to be still very much in bull mode. Obviously, you know, we went, we went into the print with the S&P futures trading around 4140, uh, the NASDAQ trading around uh, 13,100. So we're up uh, quite a bit from the pre-CPI print uh, levels. 
but we're also, you know, we're not seeing really aggressive euphoric follow through that I think some people might have expected if we got a clean CPI miss, which we did today. And I think that's a testimony to a testimony to a couple of testament, excuse me, to a couple of things. Number one, we have priced in a lot of potential good news. I mean, we're now down only about 10% off the all-time highs. And yet, you know, looking at the 10-year, which was trading at, you know, 40 bips right after uh, the COVID panic, initial COVID panic, you know, it's now trading at 2.77%. Um, you know, rate hikes do take 18 to 24 months to be fully felt throughout the economy. Uh, you know, we've only been dealing with high single-digit inflation for about three or four months now. I mean, you could say more than that even six months. No one really knows what the impact of these things is going to be on corporate profits in 2023 and 2024. All I know is just basically looking at the numbers, those numbers, those estimates still need to come down substantially. Um, is the bottom in? You know, that's a, that's a question that is worth debating. Um, you know, if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, I think I would have said no. Um, I'm still leaning towards no. I still think we're probably going to see 3,400 or so before all is said and done. Um, but I'm definitely open to the possibility that the bottom is in. Now, I think we, at the very least, we're going to probably retest the bottom uh, or the lows, excuse me, the lows from June. So that would be about 3,650. So I do think that there's going to be at least one more downdraft here uh, before uh, the bear market is, is over. Is there potential for us to test 3,000? Yes, there is. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of things going awry and amiss in the world. Uh, and the market has been content to kind of forget about that stuff. Over the last month, it's been having too much fun rallying. And this is just how the market has become. We've seen the retail army come in, buying call options in their favorite names, you know, head over fist. We saw this, this HKD, uh, you know, this, the, the, the stock out of Hong Kong, which I think it was, it's based on the metaverse. It doesn't have any revenues or any profits or any cash or anything, really. And the thing you know, exploded 3000%. So we're seeing, um, you know, late bull market behavior in the midst of a scenario where we've got slowing growth, falling profit margins. We had NVIDIA out with a profit warning uh, yesterday or the day before, I forget. Um, really the beginning of a period where traditionally companies are going to start missing estimates. Uh, we're probably going to get more warnings. We had Walmart, we've had NVIDIA. Uh, we're going to get more of these. There's, you know, there's never one cockroach and rarely two. There probably will be more. We are entering, entering a very dangerous period here for markets, as far as I'm concerned, especially because we've rallied so far off the bottom. If these things were all going on and we were still sitting at 36, 3700, it would be a different situation. You know, the risk reward would be, be much more balanced. But at this point in time, Given what we know is going on out there, given what's going on with the ISMs, uh, the, the PMIs, excuse me, um, what's, you know, we've had these very, very strong job market data. But if you go back and look at all the, you know, all the recessions over the last 50 years or so, these non-farm payrolls numbers stay strong too long, and then they all end up getting revised lower in the months ahead. I would be very, and we, we've had many companies talk openly publicly about layoffs about reducing headcounts so the numbers that we got last friday really didn't mesh with <laughs> with what we're hearing companies say we right now are entering a dangerous period we are entering a potentially if we're not in a recession already we're probably very close to one 
We're seeing companies retrench. We're seeing consumers, which have been retrenched for a while, stay retrenched. Um, and, you know, we've got uh, the S&P 500 trading at something like 21 times, well, at least I would say 21 times what I think is possible to earn next year. Um, and yet again, you know, the 10 year is four, four X what it was, excuse me, more than that. It's like eight X what it was right after the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so there are quite a few fundamental disconnects out there. And, and of course we all know these fundamental disconnects can persist longer than you and I can stay solvent. Um, is there the potential here for the S and P to continue up to 43, 4,400? Of course there is, of course, especially when markets are liquid like this especially when positioning remains relatively light. I mean, you know, a month ago, sentiment was in the gutter. Price action was terrible. Positioning was extremely light on the institutional level. Things have changed a lot in a month. You know, sentiment is now very much neutral. Positioning has shifted away from, you know, extremely light, and it's now at least a little bit closer to neutral as well. We've had, I think we've had some hedge funds that actually, uh, it, there's no way to know for sure, but, um, there were, there were, you know, rumors from reliable sources that there may have been a couple of hedge funds that were liquidated over the last couple of weeks. Uh, those that had major, especially major ex short exposure on the tech side that just got blown up. And these, this is all taking place in a very illiquid market and illiquid markets work both ways. You know, you don't want to get stuck in a downdraft in an illiquid market because you're going to be, you know, forced to hit bids all the way down. You know, in this case, we had a market that was lightly positioned with terrible sentiment and it started to rally and people were forced to lift offers all the way up instead of working their order. So, you know, liquidity, double-edged sword. Now we're back at 4,200 on the S&P. Now, you know, we have seen a, a deceleration in, in inflation. As we've pointed out many times, deceleration is not some kind of, uh, you know, panacea. Uh, we all knew that inflation was going to decelerate in the second half of the year. We knew that coming into this year. The real key now is how quickly does it decelerate? Is there the potential for it to reignite and reaccelerate higher? Um, I, I forget exactly what I think the market, I think, excuse me, I think uh, Wall Street consensus is for CPI to exit the year around 5%. That's a very aggressive estimate. Remember, it took a really big move lower in commodity prices to get headline inflation to decelerate even 50 basis points. You know, now if you're someone who thinks that oil and food prices and things are going to continue to drop heavily, well, then you can make a very strong case that inflation is going to continue to decelerate very aggressively. Well, I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> we shall see. And, and, you know, now you've got signs that the dollar may finally be running out of steam. Remember, the, you know, these commodity price, uh, uh, these, these rip roaring rallies and commodities that we've had over the last year have taken place alongside a very strong dollar. Um, if the dollar index finally is rolling over and the dollar is falling out of favor, that's going to become a real tailwind for commodities, which will also in turn become a tailwind for inflation. So at a very delicate place right now, I think the best thing that you can argue right now is that we're at a... a neutral spot with balanced risk reward with balanced sentiment with balanced positioning and all of that i definitely am still in the camp that thinks that as i said we're entering a period here traditionally with uh, layoffs corporate profit warnings slowing growth inflation is still very high i think it's going to remain elevated for for quite some time well into next year 
That's not something the market is pricing in right now. Um, the market, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's already you know pricing in a decent probability of rate cuts early next year, which is absolutely preposterous. Preposterous. It's never going to happen. I'm not unless the economy falls off a cliff. Not unless we, if we have a full-blown crisis or a credit event where the stock market plunges and, and the Fed has to step in and actually cut rates and maybe restart the printing presses, well, I mean, it, it won't even matter because, you know, the S&P would probably be seven or 800 points lower. Um, but, you know, if everything kind of just follows the current course that it's on, the chances of us getting a rate cut in the first half of next year, in my view, are virtually nil. So I think market expectations remain overly optimistic and euphoric, which they do tend to do, uh, all, all else being equal. Uh, and that leaves investors in a very dangerous place here. A lot of people have missed this rally over the last few weeks. The temptation to chase, especially on, in the institutional side. Remember, you know, institutions, these guys are fighting for their jobs. If, they're, if they were late on this rally or they missed this rally, they're sitting there going, what the heck am I going to do? They're feeling forced to chase here. Um, you know, a lot of hedge fund redemptions take place in November. You've got a lot of funds that are trailing their benchmarks. The, the, easy, the, the easiest path for them to getting back on track is by going long the market. I think you've probably had a lot of those hedge funds chasing this market higher. So there's a whole, there, there's a lot of different um, motivations, uh, impeti, if you will, uh, driving this market right now. But the bottom line remains that we've had a huge move higher. Stocks are still very aggressively valued, or, or they're back to being very aggressively valued, uh, given where interest rates are. Um, given what we know about inflation, uh, given what we know about the Fed's trajectory. Uh, in my view, the risk reward has shifted very, very clearly towards the short side again. Um, you know, we, uh, we um, <laughs> unfortunately last month, the CPI, we actually went into that CPI number last month kind of bullish saying, hey, this is probably gonna, we're gonna get like a, uh, you know, uh, sell the rumor, buy the news type reaction, which is exactly what happened. Uh, we end up, you know, the number came out, it looked so bad, we flipped bearish, we basically bottom-ticked the market, but we were able to actually flip and go long. We participated to some extent in this rally, and now we've built out pretty much a full-blown short position in the NASDAQ and the QQ, NASDAQ futures and QQQs. We're very comfortable there, very comfortable. Uh, as I said, you know, yes, the market can stay irrational longer than you and I can stay solvent. It's certainly possible that we continue higher. I know that there are quite a few people looking for exactly that. Um, it's, it's probably going to be, I mean, we could just chop sideways for the next six months. That's something that no one really talks about. I mean, given the propensity of retail investors to use calls and puts that that's a recipe for max frustration. They're just going to burn all their theta. So the risk reward in our view has shifted very significantly to the downside here over the last, well, now that we have the CPI data for the, for the month of July, the one we got today out of the way. I think, you know, the event risk now is that we have no Fed meeting until late next month, which means we're probably going to be driven at this point by technicals and, you know, corporate earnings news, economic data, things that kind of point the way for, you know, what's the economy doing? What's the likely trajectory for corporate profits and margins? Uh, and as I've said many times, in my view, corporate profit estimates for 2023 and 2024 remain way, way, way too high. Until those get reined in. I think the risk reward for being short this market is very good. Once that reset has taken place where 
consensus expectation consensus expectations are now more appropriate re appropriately reflecting the reality then it's a much trickier proposition to be short this market because now expectations have been reset now there aren't many most investors are valuing stocks off of forward earnings expectations not off of trailing earnings that's <laughs> that's an old school practice that really doesn't hold much sway anymore so you know even buy siders that may think that consensus expectations are too high for next year they still have a propensity to price their stocks off of consensus expectations we really need to see that that consensus reset to unlock meaningful upside here for stocks in my view uh, and that process takes months sometimes quarters and it really has only just gotten underway in earnest uh, so again right here at 4200 we very much like the risk reward of being short. I don't know that we're going to see new lows. We absolutely could. 3,400 has been my target uh, pretty much all year on the S&P. 10,000 has been my target on the NASDAQ pretty much all year. I think both are still viable. We will take it week by week. We will you know, in, uh, incorporate the data as it comes in. Um, but I think, yes, this is a very dangerous time to be chasing stocks higher. Um, as far as some of the other markets out there, you know, I like shorting bonds here again, whether it's TLT or the 10 year future. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been talking all year about the term premium in the U S uh, and how investors, especially foreign investors are, are not going to come in and finance our deficits without more of a premium going forward. I think we've probably seen the best. <laughs> the best uh, prices uh, that, that the U.S. government is going to get, I think it's in the past. I think really the last few years, that's probably the best that the U.S. government's going to see for the, for the foreseeable future. I think the term premium has reawoken. It's making borrowing more expensive. Inflation volatility is one of the primary inputs in the term premium. Inflation volatility remains. It's lower now. It certainly is lower now, especially after we finally got a deceleration in the CPI data today. But inflation volatility and uncertainty remains very high. So I think the term premium remains elevated. I think people will increasingly get the picture here over the next few months that we are going to be in a stagflationary environment, probably throughout 2023, possibly into 2024. Once that happens, I think you're going to see rates move higher again. I do not think that the 10-year yield, my target was like 3.9% on the 10-year yield. I think it's still achievable. It's possible that the top is in, I'm not sure. But I think we are absolutely going to see the 10-year yield move back into the mid-3% range. How are tech stocks going to react to that? Not well. They're just not. So dangerous time here to be pressing longs. Uh, you know, no one says you have to go in and get aggressively short the market here either. The sidelines often are the best place to be. For investors, this is a time to get defensive sell covered calls, buy some puts, lighten up on certain positions. You know, we are in a stagflationary slash deflationary environment. You should be defend, you should be positioned defensively at this point. This, I think, I think within a few months, we will look back at the second half of July and the first half of August as a typical bear market rally that went further than most people expected initially, got a lot of people caught up in it, and then ended up leaving a lot of people hanging out to dry on the long side. You know, history doesn't always repeat, but it always rhymes. And this is just another situation, I think, where just another, this is just another bear market rally 
um, to be sold into as long as fundamental conditions remain on the trajectory that they are. All right, that's it for today. We'll talk to you again, uh, I believe, on Friday.